Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. My name is Brian Dinovellis, and are you like me these days, checking your Twitter feed every five minutes for updates on recruiting? I feel like if I put my phone down for more than five minutes, I'm going to miss something. It's crazy. I don't like it, but I can't help myself. And look, if I'm like this, I know there are other people out there crazier than me, and I have a feeling Zach Braziller is one of those. We welcome Zach now to the podcast. Zach, are, are you crazier than me? <laughs> it's, I mean, it, look, the, the offseason is wild, man. It, there's no doubt with, you know, with the, with the, with the way things go now with the, with the transfer market and NIL and, and, and guys switching, it's just, it's, you know, you're going to need a scorecard next year for these rosters. It's definitely crazy. They are. Every, every roster is changing. We're talking with Zach Braziller, of course, from the New York Post, covers St. John's and Seton Hall and basketball in the metropolitan area. You're right. I mean, look at the overall that's happening at UConn, at Providence, at uh, Seton Hall. There are guys coming in and out uh, daily up until the last minute. So, yeah, I need a scorecard. And if I need one, I know fans need one, too. Is, is that a good thing, Zach? it is the state of college basketball now. I mean, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I, you know, there, there's freedom of movement. Players now have, you know, uh, you know, have more rights and which I think is a good thing. Um, do I think all this movement is good? No, probably not. But you know what? That's just, that's the era we are in now. You know, I think we just need to accept it. I think, listen, I, I think you're right. It, it's hard for guys like me who, you know, uh, long for days of guys, forget about guys sticking around four years. I mean, I'm just hoping they stick around for two years, you know, um, but you're right. We, we have to accept it. And, and hopefully we find ways to, I'm not saying legislate it, but, but find ways to make it better for everyone involved. Um, I think St. John's is, is doing pretty well themselves these days. And especially with the news that just happened, uh, I'm going to quote your article from the post, Zach. First Andre Corbello, now David Jones. That's quite a one-two punch that Mike Anderson has added in the portal. What do you think? Yeah, I look, uh, I went into this offseason and I, you know, I went on a few, you know, podcasts and they needed to hit a few home runs. There was no question about it. They needed to hit a few home runs. And I, I think they potentially have. Now, look, we don't know what these two guys are going to be. Now, look, they lost Julian Champagny, their best player, who was a first-team all-league player. They lost Aaron Wheeler, who was a who became a very good player, although he started slow. So, look, there, there, there are holes to fill. There are some questions about shooting with this team, but, you know, potentially they could be pretty good, I think. How good? You know, I, I think they could be a top four to top five team in this league. You know, I, I actually think their roster – might fit the style Anderson wants to play better um, than last year's team did. I think they're more athletic. Jones is a great athlete. Corbell is a big time athlete. They bring in a top 75 uh, guard in AJ store. Who's a very good athlete. So I think they actually might fit the system better. And I think you could also expect some guys to get better, you know, and take leaps, whether it's, you know, Joel Soriano who got better as the year went on Rafael Pinzone, who really, you know, didn't play a lot, but he was a freshman. They had very high hopes for he, he had some issues where he got hurt and then he had COVID and, 
he was out a long time. Um, so, you know, they have some, they actually have some continuity, which is something they didn't have going into last year, you know? So I, I think they have a chance to be a tournament team. I, I like the roster. I, I think it fits better. We got to obviously see they're right. the, the, they do not have a lot of shooting. Uh, that's clearly the number one question about this team, but I think they have a chance to be good. Yeah. I mean, shooting, you know, the numbers, I, I wrote these down. Let, let's talk about these, you know, Jones, who's coming in. I still want to talk more about him. Um, shot 30% from three. That's decent. But then you look at Posh, 22% from three. Uh, that's poor. And Curbelo, my goodness. I mean, right. don't even allow him to shoot. He was six of 34. So in this day and age, you can't have enough shooters. And yet it seems like we're struggling to find where the shooters are going to come from on this team. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair question. I think Pinzone is a guy that really can shoot, and that's a guy they're going to really count on to be a shooter. You know, he that's one guy. I think Wusu is a guy who shot well well in the past, and he's going to be a guy who's going to play more off the ball after, you know, with Curbelo and Posh. Um, and he's another guy. I, I also think Posh is 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 there's much better shot shooting in there. You know, his freshman year he shot better. And then this pastor, he took a step back. And I think playing with another point guard, they hope can kind of free him up to, to be a better shooter. But no, I mean, look, it's a very valid, you know, thing right now is, you know, is his shot. It's, is this team going to shoot well enough? There's no question about it. And hey, now's the time, the off season to work on your shot. 500, 1,000 shots a day. And uh, you only hope they do get better. So your articles were fantastic this week with David Jones and, and give the assist to coach shoes, Vitrone, give another assist to Soriano. Did they play the key roles in getting David Jones to come to St. John's and not to programs like Memphis or Oregon? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, look, it was very key. You know, I, sometimes your best recruiters are players. And there's no doubt that Soriano, especially Soriano, I mean, they're very close. There's no doubt Soriano, you know, had a huge role here in him coming, Curbelo too. I mean, you know, I do think, you know, I said I, I said this when they got Curbelo. It was not, to me, it was not, it should not have been hard to convince a big-time scoring wing to come. You have a starting role available. You have tons of shots. You have two pass-first point guards. You know, so. I think Jones saw that. It's like, you know, look, I have a chance to really have it to really be a big time score there with those two guys. And I think that's a, that was a huge, huge factor here. There's going to be uh, time for this team to develop and for the new faces, Corbello to see how he meshes with Posh in particular in the backcourt. Do you see those two sharing? And I think you alluded to this sharing in the point guard possibilities. One plays, off the ball and the other one while the other one plays the point. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, that's, that's what you're going to see. I mean, they're going to both play the point. They're going to both play. You know, I, I think you might see Curbelo a little more on the point, just because I think Posh has, a, I think Posh is a little better of a shooter and Posh, I think is more comfortable playing off the ball. You know, we saw him do it a little this past year. Um, so I, you know, I think that's one thing you might see. But yeah, I, I think that's that's clearly the plan. Look, they're both going to play a ton. There's no doubt about it. Perbello didn't come here to sit. Posh is too valuable not to be on the court a lot. 
you know, they're, they're going to look, you see, there are a ton of teams that, that play with two point guards. There's no doubt about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see that a lot. So if, uh, the starters would be Posh and Curbelo and Jones and Soriano is Montez Mathis, the other starter. I, my, my thought would be either, either Pinzone or store. Um, you know, they're both big guards They're you know, around six, five or so. I think Pinzone actually might be six, six. So I, I think they're, you're going to see, you know, that that's just, look, I think Wusu possible too. Um, you know, I, my gut would be store. He's a big time recruit. I, I, I know they're really, really high on him, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Pinzone or Wusu either, but the other four to me are absolute locks. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree. So tell us a little more about store. Look, he, he's a guy, he was initially, ironically, he was initially committed to Illinois, um, which is kind of funny because now you have two guys who, you know, you know, you know, with Illinois connection with him and Curbelo, he's a top 75 kid. He's six, five. He's been at IMG Academy. He's, you know, he's big time talent on paper. He's the best recruit Mike Anderson has gotten is his time in St. John's. Um, and I it kind of, kind of happened quick last year where he took an official visit and then uh, like a week later he committed and, you know, they're really excited about him. I think he's a guy that really fits the style. Um, he's a big time athlete. He can shoot some, um, you know, I, I think they're really excited about him. Now the expectations might be a little too high for him right away. Like I don't see him as a guy who's going to score you more than seven, eight points a game as a freshman. I don't, you know, you don't really usually see that in the big East. Um, so, you know, but, uh, I, I think there's pretty, you know, high, high hopes here. That's the thing in this day and age, we are not seeing or not allowing the freshmen to really establish themselves. There's very little room because there's so much movement in the portal. It's almost like freshmen are, are forgotten and they fill up roster spots. And we saw it in UConn, right? Only one really, and that was a great recruiting class that Danny Hurley brought in. But only one was really able to crack the lineup. Uh, Seton Hall, I know Brandon Weston had injury problems coming off the ACL, but those freshmen couldn't crack the lineup either. Uh, how much of a problem is that, would you say, in college basketball? You know, developing these freshmen and letting them play a little bit. I mean, there's no question it's an issue because this day and age where there's so much freedom of movement now is – Freshmen going to come in and a lot of them won't be playing because you have, you have experienced guys ahead of them and then they leave and, you know, um, so I, I don't, think there's, there's no doubt. It's, it's something that needs to be uh, addressed. Um, how does that get addressed? That's a good question. Um, but to me, it's definitely, you know, something that's a, there's a, it's a reason there's so much movement, you know, I mean, coach well, these days now where coaches are, under so much pressure to win, you know, then they're, they're less willing, you know, to win quick. They're less willing to rely on freshmen and younger guys because they know their job depends on it. Experience now wins in college basketball. Um, 
So, yeah, but I, I do know St. John's is really, really – and look, they also bring in another freshman, Colby King, who I know they think is better than advertised, who was a three-star recruit, and they think is pretty good too. Now, I'm not quite sure if he's going to play that much with, with the two point guards here, but he's another guy who's a very athletic guy that could give them minutes in a pinch. You know, last year when Posh was hurt, you know, they, they had two of their two of their – it was brutal luck where Posh got hurt and they had UConn and Villanova in the guarded, and without him they easily – I mean – they nearly beat UConn with without Posh. With him, they they definitely uh, have a chance to win, um, you know. But uh, you know, so look, next year they're going to have a ton of guards, and they're not going to have that that issue that they had this year. So, will Mike Anderson look to add another player, another wing, um, or something like that, or, or another uh, you know power forward to this roster? My gut is they end up not adding anyone, but I mean, they're look, they're definitely looking. They definitely are open to it. They, they, you know, look, they could find a shooter. That'd be great. I know they're, they're still recruiting the Cardinal Hayes, big kid, Toby Iwaka, who Seton Hall just offered. My gut says they don't add anyone. It's just, I just think it's going to be tough because look, a lot of, they, they don't really have a big time role to offer now. They have, you know, uh, someone for spot duty, you know, a shooter. And, you know, I think in the end they don't they don't add someone. Now, would I be shocked if they do? No. But my just my just gut says that they, they don't add anyone. Interesting. Okay. So is there how much pressure is there for Mike Anderson to put this roster together and, and make it to the NCAAs this year? Are the St. John's fans getting a little edgy and uh, losing their patience with, with Mike Anderson? I'd say there was a fair amount of frustration with this season. Uh, but I do think that frustration has now been replaced by optimism. You know, I, look, I'll admit it. I did not think they would have an NCAA tournament caliber roster after last season. You know, I, I thought you'd see some guys leave. I, obviously, I didn't think Julian and Wheeler would be back. I thought their ceiling would be much lower. So I, I admit, I'm a little surprised. They've had a great offseason. They haven't lost anyone to the portal. And now with that deadline, got it. It looks like they won't. Um, so, and now they've added two big-time guys. I thought they maybe could add one um, big-time guy. I'm very, very, very surprised um, of how good of an offseason they have, considering – Last year was a very disappointing season. You know, they were supposed to be a tournament team and they, they really didn't come, come close. Um, but yeah, look, there is optimism. But once this season gets going, I think that optimism is going to be replaced by some pressure. They got to, he's got to, he's got to get to the tournaments. The fourth year they had, look, if he, if they can't get to the corner back to back years where they have rosters that, you know, people think are tournament caliber. And I think this year is, Roster is tournament caliber. You can say whatever you want about, you know, deficiencies in shooting, but I think it's a tournament caliber roster. They, they He's got to find a way to get in. And, you know, I, I didn't think he did a great job last year with all the new pieces. And I think it'll definitely help. And look, he's only got about like three new guys this year. That's a I know there are two of them are maybe two of them are two of your three best players, but that's, that's significant when you have, a, when you have roster continuity, you know? And they clearly do. 
It's an excellent point. There were, I think there were five transfers last year and, and three freshmen. I mean, seven or eight new faces. Uh, maybe expectations were too high last year. Um, but you know what? We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a lot of new faces on the Providence roster. I mean, they have five guys from the transfer portal. So if you put one team out there in the Big East that's winning the, the portal war, it's Ed Cooley and Providence. And then what Creighton did this week, you know, getting Baylor Shireman out of South Dakota State, maybe, you know, one of the top five transfers in the, in the country this year, the Summit League Player of the Year. Now you're talking about, Zach, am I crazy for thinking this, that Creighton is at the top of the Big East in the preseason, followed closely by Providence or Xavier. And where does Villanova, you know, the King suddenly fall into place here? It's an interesting top four. Yeah, I would not put Providence in the top four. I would, I would, I would not. Um, but that talent, I mean, listen. I mean, they have talent, the but talent a lot of it's a lot of the talent they brought in is unproven. You know, the Kentucky kid hasn't done anything. Um, Corey Floyd hasn't done anything. Um, they brought in a few, a few other guys who obviously have put up decent numbers, but not great. They're going to be incredibly young, incredibly uh, new. I would not put Providence in my top five. I would not. Would you um, put it's safe to say Creighton's number one? Yes, I don't think there's any doubt. I think Creighton's a top five team in the country. I think Creighton is terrific. I think Creighton would have been terrific. Um, you know, anyway, but I think they're absolutely, uh, I think they're absolutely terrific. Um, I still would probably go Nova too, especially with Daniels back and some of the some of the recruits they have coming in. Um, I would go Nova too. I think Xavier's going to be pretty good. I, I like what they've done. They've kept a lot. I love Nunji and, and obviously Fremantle needs a bounce back year. They have some players. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I really do. I think UConn, despite what they lost, uh, will still be pretty good. I think St. John's is right there to be, you know, around fourth or fifth. I, you know, I, I think right now, Creighton is one, and then I think there's a lot of uncertainty. I think Villanova probably will be two, but look, you got a new coach, mm -hmm. you got a lot of new players. They lost their two best players in Samuel, well, top three. I know, um, you know, I know Justin Moore said he's coming back, but I mean, he, he's not going to play. He tore his Achilles, so you're basically losing your top three guys. Um, I I can see Villanova draw. I mean, I would probably pick him second just because it's Villanova and they do have some good players back. Uh, with Slater and, and Daniels, but I, I would, you know, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be stunned if, you know, a Xavier finishes second or a, you know, a UConn finishes second. Um, look, I think it's very open. I think it's a good league, but I think, you know, I would not, I would not pencil in Providence as like a top three team right away. I would not. They're, they're going to have so much, you know, so many new players and they won last year because of experience and, you know, continuity. And this year, that's going to be completely different. How much of an impact the loss of Jay Rice will that have on the program? You don't, you seem to think the players are still there. They should still be, you know, in the top three, but yet it's still not Jay in that calming presence and that teaching voice, that Hall of Fame coach. I mean, that's, it. it's not like you're bringing back all, all of these first team, all Big East players. And like you said, Justin Moore, your best player. You don't know if you're going to get anything out of him uh, until mid season. I wouldn't even say mid season. I don't, I don't think, 
Um, I mean, he tore his Achilles. It took Kevin Durant two years. I don't. I mean, and he did it in March. You're not. You're not going to see Justin Moore next year. I would. You're not going to see Justin Moore. I mean, barring a miracle, you're not going to see him. But no, look, I think Kyle Neff is a really good coach. Like, you know, he's a really good coach. I think Kyle Neff is going to be really good there. I just, it's, you know, could take him some time. I mean, it's, he's stepping into huge, huge shoes here. There's still hundreds of players left in the portal, Zach. So, you know, these predictions right now could look quite different in June and certainly different come September and October. Would you agree? Right. I mean, we, we, you know, I haven't mentioned Marquette and Justin Lewis comes back and I think there's a decent jet to be back. Then Marquette probably is a top four team in this league. You know, I, it's going to be a fascinating year. I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, I think it's going to be a very, very, very good year in this league. I agree. So Zach, keep doing a great job. We follow you on Twitter and all of your articles, of course, in the New York post. And I appreciate you taking time out of your summer because as we, recorded this podcast somebody could have signed somewhere and and that's a scary thing the way things are going on so i appreciate it keep up the good work and we'll talk to you soon thanks all right that was zach braziller from the new york post always great to hear zach's insight and his knowledge of the johnny's and the big east conference now just moments after we conducted that interview zach and i Seton Hall got great news on May 4th. May the 4th be with the Pirates. You better believe it was. Alamir Dawes, one of the most coveted guards in the transfer portal, announced he is officially going to Seton Hall. Of course, he has that great connection with Shaheen Holloway. That Patrick School connection has come through for Shaheen and the Seton Hall Pirate family. This is a guy who... Shaheen recruited while he was an assistant under Willard and likely would have gone to Seton Hall a few years ago had Holloway not left to take the job as St. Peter's head coach in 2018. Instead, Dawes went to Clemson and really had three great seasons for the Tigers. You're talking about a tough, hard-nosed, newer kid. Last year, he averaged 11.3 points, two and a half assists per game. But more importantly, he is a very good three-point shooter. Shoots at about 39, 40% for his career. He can knock down threes. He can lead your offense. He's a guy who's okay with the ball in his hands or off the ball. And he's a very good free throw shooter. Shoots it at 80% for his career. This guy is not afraid of the big moments. He is not afraid to take the big shot. He's done it time and time again in his career at Clemson. So they're getting a kid who wants to come back home. He wanted to come back to play in front of his hometown fans, his son, his family at the Prudential Center. He trusts Shaheen Holloway. There's something to be said for that. And apparently he had a great visit to Georgia, but that was more semantics. He was coming to Seton Hall. So now think about the backcourt that Shaheen Holloway has. Kaderi Richmond, Alamir Dawes, Jameer Harris, and Dre Davis. That's pretty solid. Throw in also Jaquan Harris, Jaquan Sanders, and there are a number of different guard combos that Shaheen Holloway can use next year but you're talking about a veteran guy 
who's been through the wars, who has two years of eligibility left. He defends. He is the type of guard that Seton Hall longs to get every year. Can distribute the ball, can create his own shot, can score, can shoot the three, and above all else, can defend. Six foot two, hard-nosed, tough. I mean, what's not to like, right? It's just a good day for Seton Hall, and I think more is coming. There's still work to do on this roster. Seton Hall still has four scholarships remaining, and you'd like to think that Holloway is going to fill it with a big and probably another wing or two. Uh, to get some balance here, it is very guard heavy. They need front court help. They need front court depth. Could it come from Toby Awaka, the New York State Player of the Year? I mean, St. John's is going after him. Maryland's going after him. Tennessee, Pitt, Seton Hall. He's a late bloomer who any of those programs would love to have him. And he would provide instant depth and be a player who could come right in and play, but there's no question. Holloway needs front court depth. So if I were looking ahead, I would say of those four scholarships, if Holloway is able to fill them all, you're going to see two or three be in the front court and one more in the back court. That would be my guess. But the wheels continue to spin, Holloway, and company continue to hit the trail, there's more work to be done in South Orange. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. Of course, as news happens this spring and summer, we'll talk about it here on the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. I'm Brian Dinabellis. Share the news, spread the word, give us a follow. I do appreciate you listening to the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. Until the next one, so long. <laughs>